You're now listening to a Rat House Production Podcast. For more podcasts like this, head to rattahaus.net. Hey, hey, you guys, it is MTR, also known as Matt the Rat, of course, from Comics After Dark Podcast for the real comic book fan. This is another interview that is brought to you by That Hashtag Show. Of course, for all your geek news, comic book reviews, and more, head to thathashtagshow.com or find them on YouTube under That Hashtag Show. And you could always find my new comic book review show there on That Hashtag Show. But we're not here to pimp them out right now like I do every single time we get these interviews. This time around, we're going to go ahead, we're going to talk about a new image comic that will be releasing extremely soon. It is called The Realm, and I'm not over-exaggerating. This is one of my favorite first issues I've read in a long time. Matt the Rat isn't surprised anymore when he's reading first issues, and this took the cake. I'm so excited to have Jeremy Hahn and Seth Peck on here. How are you guys doing? Hey man, how's it going? It's Very going good, thank you. Thank it's you. It's going great. They they patiently waited for my damn computer to finish <laughs> updating from like the night before, but we are here recording for you guys. So I want to say, first off, um, do you guys want me to read the quotes that you had at the end of the comic so we can like make that official? Whatever you want to do. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. This is a great, fun comic, which has so many different, I, I want to say, ideas and and different things that, that were brought into it to make it very unique. But it's so hard to explain because there's so many moving parts. How would you guys explain to our listeners, what is the realm? Jeremy, you want to take that? You're, you're good at the, uh, the elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, the realm is a post-apocalyptic high fantasy book. It's basically uh, the, the Walking Dead for the D&D crowd. Well, that's the, that's the too quick one, I guess. Oh, wow. Uh, it, yeah. I- it's basically... Uh, you know, like, what if right now, um, instead of an alien invasion or a zombie apocalypse or something like that, uh, the spires appeared and all of this stuff from Dungeons and Dragons poured out and invaded us. And uh, this is about what happens after that. Yeah, we kind of we kind of took that as our, you know, as our initial setup and then set this story a little over a decade after that initial event um, so that we kind of saw people having picked up some of the pieces and, you know, people that are getting by and, and sort of seeing how they manage and, uh, you know, more of the, the conflict than the initial kind of chaos and uh, and that sort of thing. So we thought maybe by sort of taking a little a little distance between you know, this, this big shocking event. And when our story picks up that, um, it would put the characters a little bit more on equal footing. It wouldn't be, um, you know, just so many people in a, in a blind panic at the beginning. Yeah. And I can also see where you guys get, uh, uh where it's like D and D, uh, influence for me, actually, when I was reading it, I felt like, what if Lord of the Rings was happening in our world right now at this time? Um, maybe a little past cause obviously it's post-apocalyptic, but it, it was, there's so many moving parts, which makes this comic so great and unique. It seems like we're setting up for at least four different storylines. Uh, and I just, 
there were times where like I, I was all I was kind of like, is this a horror book? It feels like we're having pretty intense moments. And at other times, uh, I felt like right at the end, it's like, okay, this is this is an awesome post post apocalyptic fantasy that we're about to be submerged into. How did you guys uh, come together for working on this project? Um, well, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy and I have known each other for. Oh gosh. Um, I mean, well over a decade. Years. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, 15 years is probably somewhere in the, in the ballpark. Um, before I think any of us had really done any professional level work in comics. Um, I think you were just launching paradigm at image maybe, or, or about to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it, it's one of those things that is, and, and we've been, you know, close friends since then. Um, and we've always talked about wanting to work on something together and we'd done bad karma with, uh, Clay Moore and Alex Grecian as a group. And after that, we sort of kept talking and I think Jeremy had the initial concept of sort of, a you know, mashup of the genres of, of post-apocalyptic and, and fantasy. And as we talked and kind of got excited about the idea, it kind of all came from that. But I, I think it was born originally of just the two of us wanting to work together, uh, both being, you know, interested in doing something creator owned and already ha- having a good established relationship. Um, then I think it, you know, it, it was just finding the right project. And, and Jeremy sort of came came to me with this idea and it just, everything kind of felt right. Uh, sort of that old cliche. So you also I think that- gained an editor, a colorist and a designer uh, slash letterist on here as well. Yeah. And that all, that all, I'll let Jeremy explain a little more, but Jeremy's been working in comics, you know, doing creator own stuff, working at DC, working at Marvel. I've done a, you know, dabbled here and there different places, but he has most of these, pretty much everybody on this book is someone Jeremy knew from working on previous projects. So he sort of brought those guys on board, obviously much to the, you know, the benefit of the book. Yeah. I think that like when you start a project, the first thing that you have to do is realize, especially with a creator own thing is that it has to basically be a family. Um, you're going to be working with these people under just sometimes the worst circumstances, you know, uh, you, you get, you get, you know, deadlines, you get long hours, you get, uh, you know, tough times and you want people that you're going to want to hang out with, uh, you know, um, there's, uh, during the, uh, the shooting of, um, from dusk till dawn, uh, Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez talked about the idea that like, if you want an excuse to be able to hang out with your friends in the entertainment industry, you basically have to work together. <laughs> and so, you know, I really wanted to surround myself with just people that I wanted to work with and have the chance to hang out with. And so, you know, Seth was the first part of that. Um, we had talked about working together for, you know, forever, for 15 years on something really big. And the timing was just finally right to do this. And then we knew that we needed a really good editor, somebody to keep the, the you know, the trains running on time and had a good sensibility. Um, I brought in Joel Enos. Uh, he works he's a writer and an editor he works mostly for viz comics um but he came on as our editor for the or sorry for the beauty and he's just the best kind of guy he's always got like great ideas but he he understands how to make comics but he also understands how to logistically make them work and that's really important um so you know we loved we loved working with him and uh, he makes things you know uh, a little less crazy um, and then um, we wanted a good designer and letter. Uh, I think that, you know, 
Colorists and designers and letters really kind of get, a, you know, a, they don't get enough love and they're really important to the process. And so Thomas Maurer had worked with us a little bit on the Bad Karma project back in the day. And he's just in, he's German. And so, you know, really good at like the, uh, the logistics and technical aspect, I think. But then he's just so easy to work with and incredibly collaborative and the kind of person that we can be like, hey, we're thinking about doing this slightly weird thing. What do you think? And he makes it happen. It looks fantastic. Uh, any notes we have, you know, it's perfect. Um, you know, and then, and then we brought in Nick Filardi and Nick Filardi, uh, we first got to work together back in the day on the, uh, the, um, the Batman project. We were doing the Manhunter backups for Shadows of the Bat. Is that what that was called? I think, um, but he came in and colored on that and we just loved working together. And again, kind of like with Seth said, yeah, we need to do this again. We need to do this again. And we were at Heroes Con and I was talking to Nick and I, uh, I said, you know, Hey, I've got this book coming up. Um, it's basically like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons meets Mad Max. What do you think? And he said, sold. That I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he was, uh, he was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan. That's, that's in my entire childhood. How can I be a part of this? And the rest is kind of history, I guess. So you guys are definitely setting up a lot of stuff in this first story arc. I don't even want to spoil the first issue for people, but it's it, it's great. We're following our main character. Um, now, I could be mistaken. I thought they were calling him uh, uh, Nolan, but then it seemed like it switched to Will. Is it Will or Nolan? It's it's Will Nolan. It's first and last name. Ah, I, I, okay. I know. I and it's one of those things when I read it, I I realize that it does that, but at the same time, I, I just thought, well, the dialogue of some people, they they would call him Nolan, other people would call him Will. Okay. I figure some people on a more professional that, level, other people right. on a more personal level. Right, and and in, on some at some point, you know, once we've gotten into it a little more, you know, people will just you know people will know who we're talking about, and that'll be a little bit less of a thing. But yeah, Will Nolan is sort of the um, he gets most of this most of the spotlight in the first issue, but it, it develops into a lot more of an ensemble cast. It's, you know, I, I don't, Jeremy and I go back and forth about who we think the lead is. Um, I don't know that there is necessarily um, a singular lead, but yeah, we definitely wanted to set up enough, you know, sort of put enough toys out on the, you know, on, on the play mat to kind of have things going. And I think that was probably for both of us, you know, from a writing standpoint and an art standpoint, the challenge of that first arc is, you know, how do you put all these pieces in motion? How do you keep track of all these pieces in motion? And, you know, poor Jeremy, how do you design and draw, <laughs> you know, 50 different characters doing stuff? So I know we've got a lot of scenes with a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I know as a reader, you know, I like when when the story moves back and forth enough that I can kind of keep track of what everybody's up to. And so we we jump around a lot in the first five issues or more so the first three issues as we kind of close out the first arc with issue five. Um, but yeah, definitely having a lot of storylines in play and, and a lot of moving pieces was a very conscious decision, uh, you know, that, that will hopefully pay off down the road as, as we've set things in motion. And then now, you know, people get to spend a little time watching them play out. And that's really what it feels like is like this feels like a comic for comic book readers like <clears throat> sometimes things feel forced other times things feel like well i really want this to be made into a movie which is why i'm writing this script uh not trying to call out any writers but you know i have read 
several comics and sure as hell in the next 10 years it ends up being being a movie but this comic this was the realm i'm not even trying to like toot your guys's own horn just because you're being interviewed like it was a great and amazing comic we have the setup of our villain which he's trying to accomplish and bring something ancient back it seems like and even then uh without spoiling it it seems like he may not be worthy of that we have will with (laughs) something going on with him and it's haunting him but he's still good at what he does and that's at one it seems like not trusting people and two tracking people seems to be his day job in this uh post-apocalyptic world which uh a little teaser you guys toothbrushes that's all i will say yeah the toothbrushes are, are that was actually jeremy's idea and uh I mean, it'll it'll be clear at some point what the significance of the toothbrushes are, you know, what the significance is. But uh, that was a nice laugh. touch, Jeremy. It made me laugh. I yeah. was just like, all right, cool. This is it was a nice touch Jeremy came up with. And I, I think I think it, I'm glad you caught it. So, yeah. And then uh, we also have another character who s- seems to remain silent, and he is also on at least one of the covers for the realm. And he's enjoying a Paps Blue Ribbon or mm-hmm. something that yeah. looks like a Paps Blue Ribbon. Um, yeah. I felt like. I needed the weapon that he uses to that he takes out somebody. I felt like when my computer wouldn't finish updating, that needed to go through me. Or I needed to throw that through my computer. It, it was yeah, so that awesome. Is, that is a shotgun with a bayonet made out of a brush hook. So, um, yeah, he's, you know, Jeremy teases me. That, that His name's Ben. I don't know if we say it in the first issue. I don't think not, you, you know, do, to be honest. It's I think- not a big secret, right? Yeah, he doesn't have anyone to talk to. Um, you know, so there's no dialogue with anyone calling him by name. But his name is Ben. And uh, Jeremy teases me because he's my favorite. But, uh, yeah, he's... He's uh he's kind of like the I'm a big fan of Vikings and Viking history so he's kind of my Viking um, in the story he's sort of the barbarian um, and what he's doing will become more clear as time goes on but um, for a while you know people can just kind of kick back and watch him kill stuff because oh that's, man it's so great it's just it's he's the silent badass he exists he's there and he's just like you know what I gotta survive and and. I was I'm very intrigued in what lies in wait for Ben because he was introduced and then it's like we'll save that for a later time. So I, out of sheer curiosity, since there's so many moving parts, is it technically going to be part one and part two of like ten issues explaining uh, everything for the first story arc, or is it going to be dead set on five issue first story arc and it's going to explain all these moving parts? Uh, well, no, I mean, five issues is definitely the first story arc and it's, um, it, it won't explain everything. No, that's something we want to, you know, we very consciously want to sort of unspool over time. And, uh, you know, as, as a reader, I think that's what I enjoy. You know, I like the, I like trying to figure things out. And as long as there's enough revealed to tell a good story, uh, I think that will, a lot of the mysteries will, you know, will take time to reveal. Now, in terms of you knowing who all the characters are and kind of what their motivations are, uh, I think we set most of that up. And I mean, that's all within the first five issues. You'll know who everyone is. You'll know their basic motivations and what brings them together. And you'll know what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, a lot of the other details and some of the characters, maybe hidden motives or things that are intentionally going to be revealed later. Those will take time to, to fill out. But I think by the end of the first issues, you get a good feel for the kind of story we're telling 
uh, or at least the backbone of the story we're telling. I know one of the things we want to do is be able to have those issues that branch off and show you something completely different or tell a different aspect of what's going on in the world. But I think the first five issues will give you a, a pretty good feel for the overall uh, direction of the book. Are there well, the a- first – Sorry, go on. Uh, the first arc really – I mean if, if you look at this in classic – uh, fantasy story trope terms. You know, the first arc is really the gathering of the 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 party. You know, this is this is all of our group kind of coming together in various ways, and, and you know, getting to know them and getting to uh, understand them a little bit. Like like Seth said, you know, we we do leave leave a little bit to to build on, but you know, they they get together in this first arc and and start on what is going to be their journey. And um, I, I'm I'm really happy with the way that we're structuring it. We're we're not decompressing things you know too much but we're not you know not 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 developing the characters um you know we one of the things that i I really am happy with is we're building the story as it needs to be told and we can like seth said we can go and we can tell uh you know issue six is two characters kind of going off and doing a thing you know it's not necessarily you know uh, connected to everyone in the story and we can have fun and play as we need to. I think in good stories, you want to see some change in your characters, you know, that, that traditional character arc or development arc. So I think we wanted to give everyone enough of a feeling for the character that when there was a change or when they did something surprising that, that it would have impact, it would mean something, um, you know, that the life and death of characters is significant. But at the same time, uh, you know, you want to leave enough room for that change to make sense and while still like you said providing enough of those basic details that you kind of know who they are so the first arc is really setting up the kind of basic understanding of the characters you're not going to know all their motivations you know people are going to have secrets and you may know they have a secret and not know what the secret is but there's enough there that that as you watch them develop you can appreciate the you know the decisions they make and the things they face um, without spending a whole lot of time cementing exactly who they are because you know like i said that change is part of what makes the story so you know we didn't want to you know waste time hammering home concrete details of who these people were when you know you were going to watch them sort of evolve now jeremy how was it creating these characters and trying to get the look for everybody oh it was it was uh pretty intense i mean we've um i drew the last my last issue of the beauty issue six uh i finished it a year ago um and then i drew one issue of the beauty uh number was it 12 i think in there but um other than that i've just been working on the realm so i mean i spent a lion's share of a year designing the realm with seth building the world and then drawing uh i'm on issue i'm finishing up the last bits of issue four and starting on issue five right now so it's taken a long time and really it's taken a lot of figuring out you know um it's a world that that we really worked to feel like this world but then have all of this fantasy stuff that's kind of been leaked in so you know figuring out like well this character would have a giant battle axe and these pieces of armor but then you know they have a backpack or a hoodie or whatever it is um you know i wanted something that we recognize but still has all the fun fantasy tropes i think a lot of um a lot of the times you'll have fantasy books um you know, not to not to really crap on what's come before <laughs> but like 
Like, um, you know, a lot of fantasy books you can't really relate to when you have, you know, this character's name is Lothgar and he's from the Python province and, you know, like, like there's so many things that you can't latch on to. You don't have anything to relate to. And it was very, very important for us with this book to have a, a world that you kind of know, like, you're like, oh, that's the, you know, that's the museum in Chicago. I know where that is. I, oh, there's... You know, there's this landmark and that landmark. And then you have these giant weird spires that come out of the fantasy world. Um, and it kind of makes it all relatable. And, and that was really, really important for us as we built this world. I did notice that too. I was like, oh, this takes place in Chicago. And I got really excited. Even though I've never been to Chicago, I was just like, I, I know these landmarks. I know exactly where everything is. So um, it the art on this was beautiful. I can't thank you enough for n- n- not doing the one thing that is my huge pet peeve whenever I read a comic and that's leaving a background blank. That is not the job of the colorist to do a light shade of blue behind them. Like <laughs> the little details and the little nods and the little the little things uh, on the background and the forefronts is just, this is a beautiful and amazing comic. I highly suggest picking it up. Uh, last but not least, where can we find you guys on social media? Jeremy's a lot more. You go first. I, I have I I have a Facebook account. It's just Seth M Peck. I think um, I was I deactivated it for a long time and recently reactivated it, sort of uh, basically to promote the book. And uh, but I'm not I'm not a super you know active social media guy. Jeremy is much more involved in that and uh, better at it than I am. But I'm on Facebook and it's just my name Seth Peck. So uh, people can find me there. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit more too, maybe too much more uh, <laughs> available. Uh, I am, uh, on Twitter and Instagram under Jerhan. It's J E R H A U N. You can find me on there. Uh, I post on both of those pretty frequently with, um, process shots. I've been doing some, uh, process videos a lot for the realm stuff lately. Um, I also have too many pictures of, you know, what I'm eating and stupid stuff like that. Uh, and then I'm on Facebook, too. Uh, it's just Jeremy Hahn, my name. You can find me on there. We've actually uh, also started, if you're interested in just exclusively Realm stuff, not pictures of my kids or my food or dogs or whatever, you can just go to uh, the Realm Facebook page. And uh, all of our process stuff is on that. Some information about the book, signing times and dates and stuff like that. There's a Realm page not on Facebook as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We have a, we have the realm website you can go to too. It's just the realmcomic.com or realm realmcomic.com, and uh, that's got some we got some really exciting stuff coming up on that. Um, we we're doing a lot of interesting things with uh, getting the word out about the realm. We're trying some some things. You know, comics aren't really um, always marketed very well, and uh, we're having fun with that. We're treating it more like maybe like a movie or. Uh, a TV show. We're kind of doing some viral stuff that uh, I think people are going to get pretty excited about. Hey man, I would buy a realm shirt in a heartbeat. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we we <laughs> might be able to make that happen. Yeah, we, we will gladly sell you one. So yes. <laughs> well, make sure you guys go ahead and put images, image comics, the realm on your pull list. It will be out September 13th. Of course, you guys follow comics after dark on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under at comics after dark and of course follow that hashtag show on facebook instagram and twitter that hashtag show 
I am your host, MTR, also known as Matt the Rat. You are the listener. This is a comic book. Go ahead and buy it. Later.